listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on Freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. I'm so excited to, to have Pastor Tony come speak to you. You know, we're still in the series, and um, I was excited to hear what song he had to, to, to do for us today. So y'all, welcome Pastor Tony to the platform. All right. Okay. So I got a lot of information and a little bit of time. Um, so bear with me. The more you talk to me, the faster I go through it. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's try that. There we go. All right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I always enjoy uh, getting the opportunity to, to preach to the Freedom Church family. And so, uh, as always, I want to say thank you. And so we're in the series Good Song, Bad Theology, and we've covered quite a few songs. I'm going to miss her by Brad Paisley. So far, that seems like the one that everybody knew. Um, and then uh, Mbop, I didn't know that one. Um, I was four. <laughs> I was four when that song was at its height, okay? And then um, Carry On My Wayward Son um, and Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo was last week. And this week, uh, I am using the song uh, Last Kiss by Pearl Jam. All right? Last Kiss by Pearl Jam. It's a great song, terrible theology, like just awful. So we'll get to that in a second. See, but today the, the point of my sermon is very, very simple. Godly people stand in the strength of God and say enough is enough, and they do the things to build the kingdom and lay down the things that build themselves. That, that's the whole point of my sermon today. That's, so no matter where we go or what you get from today, you have to make a decision. Am I going to build the kingdom or am I going to build myself? And we've even confused this within the church because we think just because somebody's gifted in a particular area, we'll, we'll resource them to that area because that, that area is bright and shiny. And we think their gift is their purpose, but that's not their purpose. It's a gift to help with the purpose. But it's not their purpose. You can play a great guitar, but that's not your purpose. You can speak really well in front of people, but that's not your purpose. My purpose that I'm here for is to develop people. That's my purpose. It just so happens that speaking in front of people is part of the gift set that God has given me to do that. Stop confusing your gift for your purpose. Just because you're talented in something does not mean that that's what God has for you. And so in, in that thought process, when we resource towards a gift rather than the purpose, what we do is we will make peace with the enemy without realizing it to resource that gift. We'll make peace with the enemy to resource the gift, and we forsake the purpose in the process. We've been having a conversation amongst a few of, our guy, a few of the guys and our wives about um, a pastor that went through this process. And it's so saddening to see that he got so focused on the gift that he, that he walked away from the purpose. Don't focus on the gift. See, because here at Freedom, we're all, we are all about the kingdom. We're all about building the kingdom. And each and every single one of you, the, more, the, the, the further you push into the church, the further you will realize that we don't care about what you bring to the table, we want to make a place for you at the table. 
We, we, we want to figure out where you fit at the table and, and do everything we can to make you excellent in those areas. Do everything we can to help build you for the purpose that God has in you. That's, that's what we do. And you can see this reflected in our core values. People are our priority. People are, are God's greatest treasure. And if God thinks that, we do too. People matter and that means we value them. Love them, serve them, and invest in them no matter what. That's who we are. Development is our focus. God created you with a purpose for a purpose. And we believe that if you are breathing air, then you still have something great to do to move the kingdom forward. So stop believing the lie that you're done. Stop believing the lie that God can't do something in you. We have to say enough is enough. We have to get to that place. God has something great in every single one of you. And we, we get so bogged down by circumstances in, in comparison that we refuse to move forward in what God has built you for. God has built you for something. We were having a conversation with somebody Friday night going through the freedom class, Jason and I, and Jason looked at him and said, you know, you would, would not be good at Tony's purpose because you're not built for Tony's purpose. And Tony wouldn't be good at your purpose for, because Tony's not good or built for your purpose. So why are we so consumed with trying to live out somebody else's purpose and not just being happy with who God made us to be? See, these values are so important to keep in mind as we start talking about kingdom building because it's something that I think, because something that I think that's happened in America in the American church is the subtle deception that building the church the way you think it should run, whether that's bigger, better, faster, whatever that is, is equal to building the kingdom. Building a building is not equal to building the kingdom. So it, we're excited that we meet here. We're excited that we have our building back. But that didn't stop us from building the kingdom through those seven weeks. We saw more growth in people and more things happen in those seven weeks. Like, it's, it's not about a building. It's about the kingdom. See, most of the people, they, they, so I'm going to refer to this a lot today, but I'm going to talk about it in a, in a sense of castle versus kingdom. You can either build your own castle or you can build the kingdom. But you can't do both. You, you can't do both. You can either make your castle look great or you can serve your purpose in the kingdom, but you can't do both. See, and so most people are focused on castle building instead of kingdom building. And those are usually the people that buck the direction of the church. Those are the people that usually, well, that's not what I would do. Well, that just doesn't sit right with me. Well, are you building the kingdom or are you building yourself? See, and what that does is you, you get accused of troubling. You get accused of doing things that, that aren't helpful to them that aren't building them up it, because their, their sole purpose is focused on getting built up. It's not, it's not building the church. I will lay my life down for the church because that's what God has asked me to do. I will lay my life down for the kingdom. See, and Elijah had the same problem in 1 Kings 18, 17 through 18. He said, when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is it you you troubler of Israel. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have in your father's house because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. So before we get into the song, 
because we're about to play that, I have a quick question for you. What are you building? When you wake up in the morning, are you purposed to build the kingdom or are you purposed to build your own castle? Are you filtering your whole life through this sense of, am I building the kingdom with this decision? Am I growing closer to God with this decision? Am I showing who he is with this decision? See, all of Ahab's decisions were about building his castle. From marrying the enemy for peace with a country that led to deep corruption of God's people to wanting a vineyard so bad that he allowed his wife to stir strife around that man's name and led to him being stoned. See, I believe that God has put phenomenal potential in you to aid in the growth of the kingdom. God has put good works in you for you to walk out. But you have to believe it. And when you believe it, that's when you shift from focusing on you to focusing on the kingdom. All right, so for the stream, for the recording, we're going to mute this part. So uh, we're going to go ahead and play the song now. So let's listen to what uh, Pearl Jam has to say. So, yeah, super cheerful song if you didn't get that. Um, um, Yeah, so this is kind of a, a bleak song, but this is what we do. We've created scenarios and situations where we could have reacted one way or another, and then we blame God on the result. That's what he did. He says it right here. Oh, where, oh, where can my baby be? The Lord took her away from me. She's gone to heaven, so I got to be good. Because she went, I'm going to go. Right? So I can see my baby when I leave this world. So his, his first thought in this process, even though he's telling the story of what happened, isn't to take responsibility. It's for him to blame somebody. See, Part of the problem with you not pursuing your purpose is you refuse to take responsibility for what you've done. I'm choosing violence today. (laughs) Because you you can't repent without taking responsibility. You can't repent without taking responsibility. So how are you going to repent of the things that are keeping you from God and bear the fruit of repentance, which Jesus says at least bear the fruit of repentance, if you're not taking responsibility? See, so let's review uh, what he says. He says, so we're out on a date in my daddy's car. He doesn't even have his own vehicle. Like, strike one. All right? All right? We hadn't driven. Do, Do we know he's a teenager, though? See, we're inferring to make excuses. How many times do we do that for ourselves? Well, if you would know what's going on in my life, if you knew what I had to deal with, if you knew what happened to me when I was five, when I was eight, when I was 10, when I was 12, how long are those excuses going to hold up? See, there in the road, straight ahead, a car, a car was stalled, the engine was dead. But for some reason, he had to swerve to the right. So even though he saw the car, he, he wasn't putting himself in a situation where he could control the outcome, where he could make a decision that was going to be best. You know, if he was a teenager, let's go with that thought process. He was a teenager. So he's speeding around, being reckless, being dumb. 
And so something happens, and he has to react, and because of his reaction, it causes the death of the girl that was in the car with him. But it all starts with him being reckless. Are you being reckless with God's purpose in your life? Are you following through with what God built you to do? Maybe the discontent you feel isn't a trial or a tribulation, but it's just simply you haven't encountered God and asked him what he built you for. And so you go to work every day frustrated and angry and depressed because you're doing something that you're not built for. And you've relied more on a paycheck than you have on God. So how can we make sure that we're building the kingdom? Number one, take responsibility. So point number one of today is take responsibility. When, when Ahab encountered Elijah, it says, When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? He was trying to put the blame on Elijah because Elijah met Ahab and was like, It's not going to rain until I say so. But let's, let's look at why that's the case, though. See, because Baal was a direct, like, he was directly in contention with God's name. Because Baal was thought of as the God of the universe, the fertility God, the God of rain and dew. So isn't it appropriate that Elijah's like, you know what, we're going to take the rain away. You're not going to be able to worship because it's not going to rain. And so, so Ahab, when he sees Elijah, he's like, you're the troubler because you took the rain away. And now all these people are hurting. And Elijah's like, no, 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 no. You're the troubler because you refused. You and your father's house have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. But it started with him making peace with the enemy. He made peace with an enemy, and Jezebel came in. And Jezebel brought the Baals with her. See, the Baals weren't established at that time until he made peace with the enemy. See, he made peace with the enemy to build his kingdom. So what are you making peace with to build your castle every day? Are you making peace with the fact that you cut corners to make more money? Are you making peace with the fact that you're laying down your purpose because you're more satisfied with the things on earth than the things of God? What are, you, what are we doing? Like, I'm not trying to be extreme or anything like that, but at the end of the day, you're going to stand before God. You are. I'm not going to stand there for you. Jason's not going to stand there for you. You alone are going to stand before God and have to talk to him about why you chose money and objects and whatever over him. I'm not saying those things are bad, but if they're out of order, they are. See, Elijah's desire for the people was to restore relationship with God, and that outweighed whatever other desire Elijah may have had. My desire for you to encounter God in a real way and and see that he has a purpose and destiny for you outweighs anything else in me. I don't care about anything else. I want to see you grow with God. I want to see you be developed in God. I want to see you walk out the things that he has for you. See, repenting means taking responsibility. We have 
to take responsibility for the sin. But how can you take responsibility if you're not diagnosing it? And you can only diagnose it through understanding his ways, through understanding his word, because that's what the word is for. It says in Hebrews, it says it's sharper than any double-edged sword, separating bone from marrow and soul from spirit. His word does work to, to partition his ways versus our ways. And then whatever's our ways, we get out of there and we repent of and we, we focus and wrestle and move forward and wrestle and, and bring people around us to help us and move us forward and bring accountability in. See, Craig Rochelle says it this way, you cannot defeat what you don't define. You cannot defeat what you don't, don't define. And so if it seems like this one thing is plaguing you over and over and over, you have to define what's going on. You have to sit down, bring a third party in to help assess, ask questions. That's part of what the freedom class does. See, Abraham's problems, God said that he was doing worse than any other king before him and that he acted like it was something easy to do. It wasn't a weighty matter to Ahab to, to just go off into the deep end of walking away from God. He married the enemy to create peace, but that peace led to a false God becoming predominant within Israel. Is this peace you're making every day with not pursuing your purpose leading to false gods establishing themselves in routines and patterns in your life? Do you have more peace with money in your wallet than you do with the presence of God? Because that's a stronghold. That's fear. You want to be taken care of, that's great, but God's our provider. This is something that I've had to wrestle with because there have been moments where I've been trying to provide for my family and work hard and I get that paycheck and I'm just like, oh, I can breathe. How insulting is that to God? When God's like, hey, I'm here for you. Hey, I'm walking you through it. Hey, I'm going to take care of you. Hey, I'm here. Here's your strength for the day. Here's new mercies for today. Here's grace for today. And then I get money from a paycheck and I go, man, all right, now I'm good. What have you allowed in your life because you want to build your castle that's caused you to give up God's kingdom? See, looking, at, looking back at the song, we see the same attitude persistent within the story. He was driving the car. He made the decision to swerve to the right. It, the, the, the outcome of that decision is the girl's life is taken and yet it's God's fault. Sometimes it's not God's plan for you to go through some of these things. It's your free will and bad decision-making that led here. God knew about it because he knows all the options on the table, but it was your decision that led to this. That's what you have to take responsibility for. Because Jason has been saying this a lot lately, and He's saying we, we fight from a place of freedom. See, we fight from freedom, not for it. So why are we still bound to things that God has already defeated? Because we decide to run back to them. Faithfulness 
and sin are running at us, and we haven't have the decision to make every single time. We're not going to be perfect, but try your best to choose faithfulness. Because our ability to take responsibility will allow us to walk closer and more consistently with God. See, God isn't trying to micromanage when or where we take a step. Instead, he's proactively beckoning us so we don't go down paths that we don't need to. That's why you get that little check. Something starts, you're like, I'm stressed, and you get a check in your spirit. You're like, why am I getting, what is this? And it's just that little sense of, oh, I need to lean into God. I need to pursue him a little bit, but we don't, and then we end up doing some habitual thing down the line. So point number two is lean on him. We have to lean on him. Not our own strength, not our own understanding. We have to lean on him. That's what Elijah did to confront Ahab. So the flip side of this coin is taking responsibility. It says this in uh, 1 Kings 17. Now Elijah the Tishabite said to Ahab, As the Lord... The God of Israel lives before whom I stand. There shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. It does not say that God told Elijah to go to King Ahab. Elijah just shows up on the scene and first thing he does is go to the king and be like, it's not going to rain. And then it's like, and then God's word came to him and said, hey, we need to move you to this place. Are you proactively pursuing purpose so much so that you step out in faith to say things to defend God's kingdom? Because that's what Elijah was doing. He was defending God's kingdom and God's people. And he's like, we're going to get rid of this false God. We're going to get rid of this thing. Are you taking proactive steps to defend God's kingdom with your gifts inside your purpose? From here, Elijah gets word from God that he's going to send rain, but before Elijah prays for the rain, he brings all the prophets of Baal together at the base of Mount Carmel. It was like, we're going to have a competition. And this is the exact wording. He says, how long will you go on limping between two different options? You wonder why you're limping through life? It's because you're trying to serve two masters. How long are we going to limp between pleasing God and pleasing ourselves? Because when we please God, the fullness we feel and the peace we feel is so much more satisfying than anything we can buy on this earth. Then the challenge he explains, first God to rain down fire winds, and then the prophets of Baal try for a while. No success. And this is why I love Elijah. Elijah comes out talking smack. He's like, he's like maybe your God's on a, on a long journey. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's in the bathroom. That's why I can't answer you right now. And then, and then so what do the prophets of, of Baal do? They start cutting themselves and all these crazy things to try to, you know, this outward, this outward experience to try to get this God to answer them. And then finally, this is what we see Elijah do in 1 Kings 18, 30 through 40. Then Elijah said to the people, come near to me. And all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Let's stop there for a second. He repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. I'm not saying that this altar right here is the place that you need to repair in your life, but there is an altar you do need to repair. 
There's somewhere in your life that you've thrown down the altar of God, which represents his ways and who he is and your covenant with him. And you've got to repair that. We've got to get back to the ways of God, not our assumption of the ways of God. We've got to get back to his ways. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord came saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built the altar in the name of the Lord and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain uh, two, a lot of seeds. All right, just bear with me. And he put the word uh, or the wood in order and cut a bull into pieces and laid it on the wood and he said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. In the time of offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, and that I've done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that his people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. And the fire fell and consumed the burnt offerings in the woods, in the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water, and that was, in, that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal, let none of them escape. And they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. See, we're so meek in our dealing with sin. So meek in it. When we need to be aggressive and assertive and cut off the things that lead us to things that aren't of him. Cut it off. Jesus said it's better for a man to cut off his own hand and inherit the kingdom of God. If the hand is causing you to sin, cut it off. What is causing you to sin yet you willingly embrace every day? You willingly wrestle with every day instead of running from and fleeing from, and making sure that anything that's, that's associated with that thing, you, you, you don't touch. Like, I've been given a hard time because I won't watch certain shows because there's nudity in it. But nudity for me, because I, I had such a struggle with pornography for such a long time, that's, that's a no-go, period. I'm not going to give Satan a foothold in my life to tempt me with something. Yet we don't take the same disposition with work. We don't take the same disposition with money. Come on, guys. This is, God has made a purpose in you, but we don't pursue it because we're so wrapped up in pursuing things. Have we sacrificed the promise to make life easier? See, because the promise that God gave Elijah was for the rain. And Elijah was like, we're going to pray for fire. Why? Because he had to reestablish the altar. He had to reestablish repentance before the promise could come. That's why it's so important to take responsibility because before you can lean on him, you have to understand his ways and to understand his ways, you have to be right with him. 
and then the promise will come. But it wasn't easy for Elijah to see the promise of rain fulfilled. It wasn't easy. The, the scriptures say it, that he put his face between his knees and he prayed. And depending on what you read or where you go, there's, there's some people that say that he, this is the, the position that was common for, for Israeli women at the time to give birth. And so if that's the case, he's taking a position of birth for promise. And he's going through the pain of birth for promise. Yet when hard times come, we can't walk through it. We get so frustrated and so weary, but promise is on the other side of pain. Promise is on the other side of pain. Not just promise, but fulfilled promise. So have we, have we sacrificed the promise because we want something easier? Praying for promise isn't easy. That's why we need to embrace the strength of God to help walk us through it. Have you allowed little things to sit in place in the place that, God, that, that was built for God in your heart? Pride. Do you think too highly of yourself? Money. Do you think more about work and you're stressed about what's going on than you do spending time in the scriptures and praying and worshiping God? Kids. Have your kids become the focal point of your life? Work. Work. Is it, is it something that you can't go five minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes without thinking about? You've got to learn to shut it off. You have to have rest. Your health. Have you allowed yourself not to be healthy because food brings you comfort? Your spouse. Do you find more rest with your spouse than you do with the Lord? So here's the challenge. This is how, how I'm closing. Here's the challenge. Number one, take responsibility daily. Take responsibility daily. When you mess up, say, Lord, I messed up. I stepped out when I shouldn't have. God, forgive me. Have a time where you spend time reviewing where you could have been more faithful to God that day. Every day I ask myself on my way home from work, God, where, where could I have been more faithful and more diligent and more excellent today? Number two, lean on his strength. Lean on his strength. We have to acknowledge our weakness to embrace God's strength. But you can't acknowledge your weakness without taking responsibility. Number three, rebuild the altar in your life. Have a place that you can run to God. Have a place where you can run to God. There were refuge cities back in the day. During biblical times, during the Old Testament, there were refuge cities where if you did something, you could, and somebody was looking to pay you back with murder, you could run to this place and stay there, and they couldn't touch you. And then once the priest of that, of that city died, you were then allowed to go roam free again. See, our priest and king has already paid that price for us. We just have to rebuild that altar and run to that altar and find grace Number four, 
pray for the promise. Pray for the promise. God has promised something to you. He's promised something to you. And you're saying, God, where is it? This isn't fair. Life is tough. Life is hard. But how much time have you spent praying that the promise would come? How much sacrifice have you made to see the promise be fulfilled? Pray for it. Seek him. Find him. Know him. If we could, could we please stand? I just want to wrap up like this. There's been a lot of stuff that has been said today. And I believe that the word that came before I got up here to preach was God just working it all together. Because, you know, we've, as a church, as a body, we've all, God has been working on our weaknesses. God has been confronting us and and walking with us and helping us. And in these moments, it's so simple. It's so easy to get caught up with the distraction of the enemy and we fall off. But God's promise and purpose for you is bigger and better and so good. But you have to pursue it. You have to go after it. Not like it's something that might happen, but God spoke it so I know it's going to happen. So let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, God, you're so good and kind and sweet to us, Lord. And we're so thankful for you, Father. And we pray today, God, that your promise would fill our heart. If there's been a spoken promise that we've forgotten, Lord, bring it back to our memories. God, bring it back to us. And we pray that the life of who you are would take over and change us and work with us and show us who you are. God, let us take responsibility for the things that are keeping us from you. God, let us lean on your strength. God, rebuild your altar in our hearts. God, and let us pray for the promise to be fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and his people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com connect. For more info on Freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.